Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Let's get straight into the podcast today. I'm going to take you back to the 1800s with some lyrics out of a song called Are You Walking in His Footsteps? Not going to sing it for you. Wouldn't do that to you. Just going to read it. And the lyrics say, Are you walking in His footsteps? Are you always doing good? Do you follow after Jesus as sincerely as you should? Do you travel in the pathway that will shine with brighter light? Do you reach the mansion yonder in the land of pure delight? The fundamental aspect of Christianity, this is so simple, you wonder how people missed it, is following Jesus. A person that claims to be a Christian and is not following Jesus is just lying to themselves. They're fooling themselves. You cannot be a Christian without following Jesus. That's what Christians do. A Christian disciplines himself or herself after the example of Jesus. That's all Christianity is. It's really pretty simple when you boil it down. But man, when you look out there on the landscape of today, it is way much more complicated than that, isn't it? It has just got crazy today the environment in which we live and where you're trying to what navigate your way through what is really christianity and what isn't and and this isn't really brand new we shouldn't feel sorry for ourselves because people have been professing to follow jesus for generations for 2000 years and not really doing it in fact christ spoke about it all the way back in math excuse me all the way back in luke 646 when he said why do you call me lord lord and do not do the things that i say and now the rest of that text you know it you know the story you don't know you know it yet but you know it the rest of that story is the text is where he said the wise man built his house on the rock so he starts out saying why are you calling me lord and you're not even doing what i tell you to do and then he gives him the story about the wise man building his house on the rock. And that's what a real Christian is. A real Christian does what Jesus says to do. Now, I don't want to be too hateful, too snarky, but those people out there professing to be Christian and going an entirely different direction than what Jesus taught, they're just fooling themselves. Now, I'm going to be polite to them. I'm going to be a nice guy. But I'm here to tell you, in the day of judgment, God's not going to play that game. So what we want to do in this podcast is we want to look at some real evidence of what it means to follow Jesus. What, what are some of those basic traits of really being a Bible-based, I like to say New Testament Christian? And, and it's not just showing up for attendance. Attendance is fine. Attendance is a step in the right direction. If you're attending church, then that you need to do that. But you can attend church and not even be Christian. The Christians at Sardis... Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, they had a reputation that they were alive. They had a reputation that they were good Christians. And Jesus said, do you remember what he said? He said they were dead. They weren't anywhere near alive as other people thought. Some people think, well, if I drop money in the contribution box, well, then that makes me a good Christian. Well, again, Christianity needs some financial support. Don't want to harp on that one too much. It's kind of a sore spot for me. I think a lot of people are out there taking advantage of other people just trying to get some money. That's just all greed is all that is. But just putting money in a box doesn't make you a Christian, does it? Makes you a good guy, maybe. But being a good guy and a Christian aren't the same thing. And so we got people out there professing loyalty to Jesus. They're saying a lot, I call it Christianese. They're using a lot of the right talk. But you and I both know they're not. I think they know they're not really following Jesus. So what do we look for when we're really, really 
follow Jesus? And I think the, the answer has just been hiding right out there in the open. And that's going to be Matthew seven twenty one. which you follow me very long, you're going to hear that verse till you memorize it. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who, this is the key, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Okay, who gets in heaven? Not my opinion, not your opinion. Jesus, what did Jesus say? The one that enters the kingdom of heaven is he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Now, in the remainder of that passage, he talks about some people who played a religious game. And he said he would say to them in Matthew 7 and verse 23, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So things like attendance and contribution and saying all the right words, um, step in the right direction, but that doesn't prove that somebody's a Christian. So what we're looking for is that thing that is really, really the the real evidence. And and I don't I don't mean for you to go out and judge other people. Don't don't do that. Look, you know, if somebody wants to talk to you and discuss it, then be polite, be mature, have a discussion with them. But what I'm really talking about is how do you look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, okay, am I really, really a Christian? Because Christ said that we've got to take up our cross and we've got to come after him. We've got to follow him. And if we don't do it, he said we're not really his disciple. Now, if you want a reference for that, that's Luke 14 and, and 27. And I suggest you write it down and look it up and see it with your own eyes. Don't trust me. Now, I mean well, but I'm human. I can mess up just like anybody else. I want to point you back to a book, chapter, and verse foundation. So what we're going to do in this podcast today is we're going to look at five points, five touch points, so that you can see, are you really, really practicing Christianity? And then in the next podcast, we'll follow up with five more. And if you're good at math, that means we've got a whole ten in total, right? So obviously, number one, you have to be born again. Okay, I don't mean to treat you like you're in kindergarten, but we're going to start at the most fundamental point. I'm thinking about John 3, 3, where Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So a real follower of Jesus is born again. A true Christian didn't just get wet in baptism, but they buried the old man and rose to walk in newness of life. And that true Christian has put on Christ in baptism, and now he is trying to live and imitate and follow Jesus and do the will of the Father. And so they're going to have a faith so strong, so solid, that they might say with Job in Job 13 and 15, Excuse me, I think it's 15 and 13. Even though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That, that's the total, absolute commitment of being born again. So once a person really, really gets there and says, I'm going to be Christian no matter what, there's, there's no room for compromise. Okay, I may make some mistakes along the way. That's a little different than compromise. And I'm not, I'm not going to accept a later version of Christianity. I'm not going to accept Jesus 2.0. I want the original. That's what I'm talking about right now. When a person is totally dialed into that, now he or she is in a position to really pursue Christianity. 
because at the risk of sounding judgmental and, you know, anything else the critics want to say, there are a lot of versions of Christianity out there that are not the real deal. And Jesus said, it's only those that do the will of the Father that enter the kingdom by heaven. So number one, it's very simple. You truly, truly, truly have to be born again. You got to get rid of the old man and you start walking in newness of life. So that takes us to our second point, and that is you got to believe in Jesus. I mean, you really, really believe that God's way is absolutely the best way, no matter what. You're not going to second-guess God. If God said we put on Christ in baptism, then we put on Christ in baptism. If God said let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, then you're going to quit doing that kind of stuff. If he said you nurture and cherish your wife like you do your own flesh, then you're going to learn to nurture and cherish your wife. There's not going to be a lot of this backing off going, yeah, but, and starting to rationalize and try to get around it. The aim of Christianity is to engage the practice, to engage the training, and not just talk about it, but really, really believe God knows what He's doing. He's got this. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart, is what the real Christian says. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. That's a reference to Proverbs chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 3 and verse 5. That's, that's what I'm trying to convey here. You're going to approach it whether Jesus said it, that settles that. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're still going to have to study sometimes. I get that. We're looking at 2,000 years of history here. And there are going to be some of those things that, you know, you come over from the Greek and to the English and to the modern English. You're going to have to ponder it a little bit. That's okay. But when you have things that just point blank, call certain things a sin. Uh, look at the list in Romans chapter 1 or the list in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 or the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. I think that starts about verse 19 or so. Uh, and you just see those there. No, we don't lose anything in translation there. So when we talk about rationalization and compromising, that's what we're talking about, getting around the obvious statements of the Bible. No. Real Christian doesn't do that. A real Christian is like Matthew 10:38. He takes up his cross and he follows after Jesus. That's what a real Christian is aiming after. And so that's that's it. That's that's belief. It's not just that that fuzzy feel-good comment. You know, there's so many people that think, "Well, I believe in Jesus." And and they believe in Jesus like um Maybe like they believe in Columbus or Washington was the first president of the United States. You know, they believe in Jesus like a historical fact. But that's not a real Christian. A real Christian says, where's my cross? A real Christian says, I know it's going to get tough. Yeah, they'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Psalms 23 and verse 4. A real Christian says, hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's Philippians 4.13. And he ain't talking about basketball there. When, when Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, he wasn't talking about a sports game or, or your favorite hobby or, or some shallow little nonsense like that. He was talking about presenting his body a living sacrifice. Go back and look at it in context. He said, I learned how to be content in any situation I was in, whether I had plenty 
or I had very little, I learned how to be content in Christ. It's a whole different thing than a lot of this modern, I don't even know what to call it, this modern shallowing of, of Christianity. So those people who really, really believe it's a surrender, it's a total sacrifice, and they're not avoiding a cross. They're wanting their cross. They're, they're, they're looking for it. They're, they're wanting to pick it up and carry it. Now, don't go looking for trouble in the literal sense. Life's going to put plenty on your plate to deal with. But when it does come, instead of running away from it, or whining and crying and say, well, God doesn't love me because I'm suffering, say, no, no this, this is my cross. I'm going to pick it up, and I'm going to carry it. This is all training, and I'm going to learn to be the best Christian I can be because you'll never learn to walk in the footsteps of Jesus sitting in a recliner drinking iced tea flipping through your social media feed. It just doesn't work that way. And the funny thing about it is Acts 14 and 22 puts it right out there in the blunt open, but you won't hear a lot of these modern preachers talk about this because they didn't go and bring in the money. But he says we must enter the kingdom of heaven through many tribulations. That's real Christianity. And a real Christian doesn't run away from his problems. Oh, sure, he prays about them, and he learns how to manage them, and he's learning how to train through them. He's going to count it all joy when he falls into various trials but he doesn't run from him. He's not looking for God to put him in a protective little bubble and let him, let him live this perfect little peaceful, no problematic life here on earth. He understands that Christianity right now, this is a pilgrimage. We're on the battlefield. We're at war with evil. We're at war with some of the stuff inside ourselves too. And this is going to be hard at times. So, belief but not just this shallow little stuff that so many people talk about nowadays. Belief has been so watered down, it doesn't mean much of anything anymore. If you really want to have an academic challenge, go study the original Greek language and several of the passages that have to do with belief, and you'll find a whole lot more depth there than what you'll be hearing in common media sources nowadays. Now, our third thing about really, really being a Christian is a life of prayer. Christians pray. Christians are seeking God. That's, a, that's the very reason we exist. That's over in Acts 17, that's verse 26 through 28. But he just point blank tells us the reason God put us on earth is to go seek God. God. Hebrews 11.6, right at the end of that verse, will tell us that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You want to know the purpose of life? The purpose of life is for you and I to seek God. Now, one of the avenues through which we seek God is prayer. And that's what Christians do. Now, why do we pray? Well, I'm walking in the footsteps of Jesus, right? And what did Jesus do? Jesus prayed. Let me read a verse or two for you. There's a lot of verses, but let's do a couple of them. This one's from Matthew 14, 23. Now, when he sent the multitudes away, he went upon the mountain by himself to pray. And when it came evening, he was there alone. Now, now notice, 
I, I'm, I think prayers at mealtime are great. I think prayers in assemblies are great. I think prayers at other time with your friends and family are great. And then there's going to be that time where you have serious, significant prayer time all by yourself, you and God. Now, if you hadn't got there yet, that's part of walking in the footsteps of Jesus. How about Mark 1 and 35? It says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And one more, Luke 5 and 16. So himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Prayer. It's one of those key elements of true Christianity. Now, it's not solo. It's not the only indication. Now, there are going to be people who pray, and they can pray to other gods. Now, that certainly wouldn't make them Christian. There are going to be people who pray for the wrong thing. That happened over in James chapter 4. That wouldn't make them Christian. But we're praying in the footsteps of Jesus. Thy will be done now. We're on the right track. So prayer, real significant part of Jesus' life. And as he said in John 6, 38, he came down to do the will of the Father. So prayer is oriented not at getting what I want, not getting the promotion you want or the, you know, the wonderful wife, mate, husband, car, house, career, community. Not, not all of that. It's about achieving the will of the Father and our life. That's the kind of depth of prayer we're talking about, learning to really be the disciple he wants us to be, which means at times you're just going to have to step back and examine your own heart, as 2 Corinthians 13.5 talks about, and that's really going to help take you into some serious introspection as absolutely necessary for growing and walking in the footsteps of Jesus. In fact, James would talk about it in chapter 1 about looking into the mirror of God's Word. That is a key step. So we're going to have some prayer there. We've got some absolute just self-surrendering belief. And then we're going to add number four to this, and that is we're going to listen to Jesus. That's why I always want to point you back to the Word. That's where I want you to go. I want you to go back to book, chapter, and verse. I want you to be looking at ink on the page as much as you can and not listening to some preacher as though he really knew what was going on. Look, preachers have a place, agreed, but preachers aren't the authority. Uh, and preachers can disagree. And then you've got to ask, well, which preacher is right? And, of course, every church, every denomination has their approved preachers, and every group out there has their preachers that have their doctorates in theology and whatever else, and they all still disagree. But I can't get rid of preachers, don't want to, I'm a preacher, but I want to point you back to the Word. I want you to build your spirituality on a personal relationship with that book, chapter, and verse foundation where you get one-on-one -on -one contact with the Word of God. That's where I want you to go. In fact, I think that's what God suggests to us over in like Matthew 17, 5, we're on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. He didn't mean so much in any other preacher, did he? He said, you listen to Jesus and that's the key. Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. 
You've got to be listening to Christ. And, and these teachings, these are going to be transformative. These are really going to take you into the very footsteps of Jesus, which is what makes a real Christian a real Christian. Now, there are a lot of false teachers out there that are going to you know, give you a lot of fluff and stuff and try to make it really, really easy. And you need to be careful there. The moment they start tickling your ears, you need to go, wait a minute. Paul said, Acts 14, 22 again, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, no, we've got to take up our cross and follow after him. James said, count it all joy when you fall into tribulations. And so these other guys blowing a lot of fluff and stuff, you need to at least back up and go, hmm, no, something ain't, something ain't right about that. Now, I personally will give you John 10, 10, where he says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Um, that's what a lot of false prophets are doing. They're just out there to steal your money from you. They don't care about your eternity. They're going to destroy you. But I will give them this. They're going to make you feel real good in the process. You're going to feel real good right up to the point where they say, where God says, depart, I know you not. And then it all falls apart. But if you walk in the footsteps of Jesus and present your body a living sacrifice, then we can follow up on the second half of John 10.10, 10, where he said he came that we might have life and have it more abundant. But you're going to have to really focus on the spiritual side of that and not think money and things and possessions. So a lot of people, the voice of Christ is, you know, it's kind of like elevator music to them. They're, they're really not hearing the depth of what it is. They're really just kind of getting their massage. And that, no, that's no good. But those that really desire to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, then they're going to be diligent to present themselves approved to God. They're really going to seek that thing out. And they're going to go back to that book, chapter, and verse. They're going to use like Psalms 119, 105. Your lamp word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And they're going to look at verses like Proverbs 28 and 26. Who trusts in his own heart's a fool. And they don't want to be a fool. And they don't want to follow a fool. And the only way I know to keep you from following a fool is to tell you to learn the Bible yourself. Learn it firsthand, get familiar with it, memorize key passages, and just pour yourself into it and say, no, that word is my life. That, that's my map. That's my life. That's the way I'm going to get to heaven. Now, listen to preachers. You'll get some good ideas from preachers. But anytime an idea doesn't match up clear with that overall message of the Bible, just smile to yourself and say, no, I think... I think I'll follow the Bible. That, that's where I want to go. And then you'll remember verses like Jeremiah 10, 23. It's not a man who walks to direct his own steps. Or I really like Jeremiah 17, 9, where it tells me that our heart is deceitful. Our heart is wicked. And if that includes my heart, then I really, really need to surrender to that book, chapter, and verse foundation and be hungry for Jesus, longing for the teachings of Jesus, because that's where... You and I are going to find our most satisfying, deepest spiritual experience. You know, Christ said, man doesn't live by bread alone. But every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that was Matthew 4, 4. And so if you really want the depth of it, this is the way you got to go. 
back to what Jesus said. Now, you know, if you just want the shallow, fluffy stuff out there and it's all over the place and you want to get in a group that bounces around and does the way for Jesus and you feel really good for 15 minutes, it's there. It's, it's an option. Obviously, I don't recommend it, but it's an option. But if you want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, people are going to think you're dear, weird. They're going to think something ain't quite hooking up right because you're not going to think like the world thinks. You're going to be outside the world. And that's where Christ takes you. Following Jesus is not just dabbling in Christianity. It's really putting your whole life into it. So there's four things. Let's hit one more, and then we'll bring this particular presentation to a close. And, and now we're talking about obedience. We're just going to kind of nuance that out a little bit. Christ said, Go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, notice that that's Matthew 28 and verse 20 specifically teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Now again, I'm, I'm back to that real simple point. A Christian follows Jesus. Jesus leads the way. Now where are you going to get that? Well, we're going to get that in a book, chapter, and verse foundation. That's where I'm going to find the footsteps of Jesus. So I, I'm not going to argue with Jesus. I'm not going to change his teachings. I'm not going to update his teachings. Here, here's what I think. I've had people say to me, like, you know, it's 2023. we got to get up to date. No, we don't. I believe God saw the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46 and 10. And I think he knew what was coming, and I think he gave his word exactly like he wanted it, sufficient for every generation. And then he told us not to change it. Now, you can use Galatians 1, 6 through 9 as your proof text for not changing it. You can use Revelation 22, 18 and 19. Either one of those will work. We can throw in a couple others if you want. But we don't change it. God knew what he was doing. God knew exactly what he wanted to achieve and that's what we're here for. So we're going to do like Paul, where Paul said, I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified. That's 1 Corinthians 9.27. This is about getting into the training that Jesus delivered 2,000 years ago. That original message, that's where we're aiming to put ourselves. And there are a bunch of lazy Christians out there who have just accepted a foolish argument that as long as they say the right words, they're okay. It takes more than just saying, Lord, Lord. Remember back in Luke 6, 46, earlier in the lesson, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do the things that I say. And then he told the story about the wise man building his house on the rock and the foolish man building his house on the sand. So you got to get in here and you really, really have to connect at a self-sacrificing level. So let's start to wind this up. We can probably work in one more verse. Let's do Ephesians 2 and 10, where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that, that's, that's the walk in them part that I'm trying to emphasize here. This is what Jesus came to do. He came down from heaven to do the will of the Father. That's John 6, 38. That's what we do. That's what Christians do. 
real Christians, I guess I should qualify that a little bit. And these people out there, again, I hate to sound too judgmental or, you know, a little cranky. Well, there are a lot of people out there saying, Lord, Lord, uh, they're no more doing the will of the Father than a man in the moon. And they, they can pretend all they want, and I'll be polite and let them play their pretend game. I'll be kind of like Joshua twenty four fifteen. He said, choose you this day who you'll serve. That's what they want to serve. That's their business. But that's not Bible. And Jesus said as clear as you can in Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's what a real Christian does. Okay, so that's the first five. We'll come back in the next podcast. We'll follow up with five more. And I hope it gives you really something to reflect about. I think it really does. It even gives me some stuff to reflect about. And as always, I hope you have a great day.